Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits face with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to lead you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, Becky. Welcome, everybody. We're headed to California. We're going to sunny California, and we uh, have a guest that is about to fill your cup like yeah. no other. There's just like times when you meet people and you're just like magnets of like, we can't talk fast enough because we've got so much in common. Brian is the co-founder of For Purpose. It's really getting people involved in philanthropy in everyday life and recognizing the small actions that all contribute to having a more full life and more vibrant life. But before that, he has st- put a stake in the ground and you've probably heard of this. It's called Self-Improvement Daily. It is this huge podcast with millions of downloads, nine, close to 9 million downloads. Insane. So listeners around the world. And they're like these mini episodes that just set you up for the day, get your mindset right and the right framework to, you know, do the 1% of getting better every single day and finding ways to improve yourself. So where does this guy come from? Of course, he was an athlete in college. He is always pushing himself. He was an incredible soccer player at UC Davis, and he has just channeled that. He does business development now. So there's just so much to dive into here, and we just love him. Brian, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. Oh, I love you guys too. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) It's already starting out so warm and fuzzy. It really is. So Brian, would you kind of walk us through your story? What made you dive into this? What's kind of your guiding North Star in it all? And just kind of tell us your story that got you here today. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think it's the consequence of a lot of privilege that I've inherited in my entire life. So, you know, I grew up with very um, privileged means. I was able to kind of express myself learn about myself and become the person that I wanted to be because I was supported at home. So I didn't have to work a job in high school. I got a car when I turned 16. There was a certain environment that I was surrounded by that really just gave me all of the resources I needed to blossom. Um, But when I got to college, it was a little different because I saw people coming from different backgrounds and we ended up finding ourselves on the exact same playing field in the same situations, in the same environment, but we came from two very different places. So I had this big moment of kind of self-awareness and a realization that, wow, things are different for other people. My story is unique to me. And of course, I, I can find some gratitude and you know privilege in all the things that I inherited, but what can I do for those people who didn't have the same thing? Because I almost got a little introspective too about man, if I was born in different means, how would I have responded? Would I have been able to climb up like all these other people did? You know, and and it also kind of, um, there's a large inspiration from my grandfather too. So my grandpa was an immigrant, moved to New York, um, you know, grew up in the projects in Bronx and basically earned a full ride scholarship to play basketball at Harvard, graduated summa cum laude and created a lot of wealth. When I think through who I respect and am inspired by and who are my heroes in life, it's people who, can perform in times when I feel most self-conscious or when I have the most doubts. And if I were to transplant myself into the shoes of my grandfather and what he had to go through to make a life for himself or some of the people that were on my soccer team that were able to create a life for themselves, um, I don't know how I'd respond, right? And it's, I think, recognizing that there is that difference is what really inspired me to do as much as I could for those people who are grinding it out and didn't necessarily get to benefit from the things I did. So that really is kind of the root of my inspiration for um, being able to 
incorporate new perspectives and kind of expand beyond my own reach for making an impact in the world. Oh my gosh. The level of kindness, self-awareness. Like your emotional intelligence is is like off the charts. And I I just think that seeing other people and loving on other people is good for us. And so I would just love for you to talk a little bit about For Purpose. And let's hear that founding story, how you decided to start this. Because I feel like you have so many things going on in a day. You have like three or four jobs because you just have that natural, I think, curiosity and, and that desire to do good. So yeah, I would love to hear how you channel all of that into for purpose. Sure. Yeah. So I think um, kind of for purpose was my first, well, not first, but my next kind of serious attempt at entrepreneurship. Um, And knowing that I wanted to start kind of directing my career toward more impactful endeavors. You know, um, actually in college, I created a volunteer website called Volunteer Davis because I kind of recognized the deficiencies at the Community Service Resource Center. I was like, okay, I can do this better, you know, and I ended up creating a resource that a lot of the students use. And that was kind of my toe in the water when it came to creating a resource around social impact. And then actually kind of the origin of For Purpose um, really started during COVID, but it was really based on observations that I was having for many, many years about culture and society and the way that we value things and how materialism plays a role for unnecessary reasons and just kind of how that ends up manifesting in our everyday lives. So what kind of the, the big inspiration for actually, you know, putting my flag in the ground for for purpose was related to the moment of complete awareness and the acknowledgement of our collective humanity when COVID started. We realized that, oh, wow, we are going to die someday. Oh, wow. Like, did my life make a difference? Did I do something significant? And I feel like there was that collective awareness that was then putting people in the right uh, frame of mind in order to consider something larger than themselves. And some of those observations, which I think are relevant because a lot of people in the nonprofit sector experience and kind of work through them are just that we value certain things in society. You know, for whatever reason, um, society and culture has self-selected to promote materialism and superficiality and kind of flaunting value. Um, And if you come back to, this is my kind of personal development side, if you come back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you got to recognize what motivates that. Um, And ultimately, the cascade that I saw is someone who is kind of participating in materialism, maybe they put a post on social media about, you know, their new car or beach house or hot wife or girlfriend, you know, whatever it might be. What's their reason for doing that and strip back the layers? So, well, that is just because they want to prove that they're valuable. Well, why do they want to prove that they're valuable? It's because they want other people to find value in them. Well, why is it important that other people find value in them? It's because we have this inherent need to belong. And that is the currency that we use to identify who is worth investing and who's worth spending time with. So ultimately, materialism is just a proxy for the baseline need to belong. So kind of what what I recognize and what I think is a far more potent solution to the need to belong is instead of flaunting materialism, how about we flaunt the things that we're doing that are good for the world? How about we make that the measuring stick of our success instead of the money that we're making? And in doing so, we allow ourselves to actually experience a deeper fulfillment in the things that we're doing, but also have ripples that are creating positive benefits for other people around us. So it really is kind of an identity and a mindset and a culture shift around what do we value as a collective and starting with younger generations? Because if you can set that framework and you have them identifying a certain way, then they're teaching generations under them. So why can't we unlearn and relearn and reestablish a new norm? And that's what For Purpose is really around, is getting people to recognize their independent capabilities to contribute regardless of their means 
and finding identity in that versus finding identity in the superficial things other people are rewarding them for. Hey friends, we wanted to take a moment to thank our amazing sponsor, GiveButter, the world's fastest growing online giving platform, powering more than 35,000 causes. One of these is Family Reach, a national nonprofit dedicated to eradicating the financial barriers that accompany a cancer diagnosis. Like many of us, they were unsure how they were going to replace their critical in-person fundraising events during COVID. Family Reach put GiveButter's virtual fundraising tools to use by hosting a super fun and engaging celebrity chef cooking challenge where they raised more than $350,000. And if you think this was a one-off success, think again. They just did it again and raised more than $600,000. Family Reach raves about GiveButter's ability to live stream video alongside their real-time supporter feed and saw how the threaded comments engaged their audience beyond what was possible on other platforms. It's buttery goodness at its finest. Don't miss the full success story in our show notes. Ready to explore how GiveButter could help your organization take your online fundraising to the next level? Check them out at givebutter.com. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly why, you know, the first time we met Brian, I think we just had an audible gasp. And I remember just like looking at each other like, who is this guy, <laughs> you know, that has got such clarity and such empathy coming at this in such a unique way, because we talk about impact uprising on the podcast. That's our vision. We believe that education in the nonprofit field can lift the sales, get more people involved in philanthropy on the giving side of things. But you come at this same impact uprising from a different bent. And I love it. It's about how do you activate where you're, how do you get to the core of what's a meaningful way to engage with people around us and do good in the world and you created the platform for it. So I want you to walk through what is this platform? How does it actually functionally work? Because I think it's so creative and clever how y'all positioned it um, specifically. For sure. Yeah. So there's kind of two different branches to it. The first one I'll talk about is more of the community side of it. So the individuals and the way that we interact and engage and support people that want to make a difference. So essentially at For Purpose, we have a social impact news feed. And what we do is we have our community members, different people that are in the world that are making a difference. They don't have an appropriate place to talk about it or share about it. And therefore, it's just not top of mind as much as it should be. And people aren't influenced by it. But there is that need to connect with others who kind of share the same values. And as I'll kind of get into in a little bit, there are certain stigmas and associations related to people identifying with social impact, being public about what they're sharing, et cetera. So what we did is we created this platform where people can tell us what they did that's making a difference. And again, big or small, regardless of your means. So we celebrate someone who donates $5, the same as someone who donated $500,000 because it's about your intentions to give. Mm -hmm. But on this platform, we basically have this database of impact. We call them impactions, impactful actions. So we have this database of impactions that we then basically provide a home for. So anyone who's looking to make a difference, they can come into our platform, they can search by keyword and they can connect with someone or be inspired by an idea of a real thing that someone else did in the world to actually go and create that impact for themselves. So that's kind of the first side of it is it's a social impact platform, specifically highlighting people that are doing socially impactful things, big and small. Now the like next step of that is kind of the social commentary aspect of it. And again, tapping on kind of that, um, the recognition of materialism and kind of the incidence of that in society. So we go one step further when someone reports to us the different things that they're doing that make a difference. We then create high quality social media assets about their impact on their behalf, posted on our social media, and we tag them in it. And if you're familiar with kind of Instagram as a user interface, 
if you tag someone, it goes to their message, you know, their messages, there's a DM. And then at the touch of a button, they can repost to their own channels. So what we're doing is we are providing this vessel for people to talk about the things that they're doing that are making a difference in the world, but no longer are they raising their hand saying, Hey, look what I did. They're saying, Hey, for purpose featured me about this thing that I did. You want to check it out. And that indirect angle to sharing about your philanthropy makes people way more comfortable doing it. Therefore, providing more exposure to the big and small things people are doing, which otherwise doesn't have a voice on social media because it's just not something people are comfortably sharing about. And in doing that, we're normalizing the conversation around what it means to be a philanthropist so that people recognize, oh, I don't need a million dollars to make a difference. I can take out my neighbor's trash, right? And it it sets that new expectation through exposure and awareness. So we are the conduit to that exposure and we call it social impact, social amplification. So we amplify other people's social impact on social media. Um, But that's kind of the core mechanism as it relates to kind of within the community. And then we have interesting ways that we use that same kind of mechanism of indirect sharing to support nonprofits and conscious brands as well, because it actually can be a really effective marketing tool also. So that's, that's more of kind of like the business development side. And, you know, we can go down that route. That's kind of where my brain always goes in terms of how can this tool be used, um, to the fullest capabilities that it has to offer. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of fundamentally what the platform does is, is it allows people to talk about the things that they're doing that are making a difference in a comfortable way where they have a home and then they can connect with other people that are doing the same, be inspired by other people that are doing the same and just start building kind of a community and identity around that. Okay. I'm trying to absorb all this because Brian's <laughs> explaining this platform as if he's talking about the weather. And I feel like this is so groundbreaking. You have literally created a space because we know people are going to be hanging out on their social channels. We know that they're going to be posting things that are important to them. And and it's such a humble brag kind of in a way. And, and it's almost like I think of four purpose as your mom. It's your mom is bragging about something that you have done. And all your <laughs> saying is, oh, look what my mom's talking about. And just as a storyteller, just I'm really curious about when you curate these stories, how are you using that and amplifying it out further to leverage the platform? Because I just think you have, I think about the big Instagram storytelling, you know, the heartfelt ones like the all good news um, mm-hmm. movement or tank news or something like that. It's like you all, you ha- would have a huge repository of people doing great things in the world. What are you doing with all these stories? Right. So it's, it's very unique. I love that you mentioned that um, because like trying to be intentional about what we're doing. We don't want to compete with the good news stories, if I'm being honest. That's not what we do. What we do is we feature real people in the real things that they're doing. So it's not someone else talking about like, oh, look, I saw Johnny around the block do this. It's like, no, let me report the things that I did. And then there's that ownership to it. And again, like what you're talking about is there needs to be this kind of inspirational loop that we have built into it. Mm -hmm. So essentially we're nurturing people into impact and we ask them to report something small that they did and then they get acknowledged for it. Then they think about it again. They're like, oh yeah, I liked that. And they tasted it and they do a little bit more and then they connect with someone similar and then they do it again. And like now we're creating this compounding effect around how impact can be something that people are again, kind of forming this identity around. So it's no longer just about the, hey, let me get this feel good story and kind of, because storytelling is, great when you're kind of trying to bring people into your world that are currently outside. We're focusing on people's internal world and we're letting them tell their own story and and kind of like amplify that out. So there's that like slight kind of nuance between 
the, the like traditional storytelling on social media and what we're doing instead of us relying on our own reach and our own Instagram followers. And like, while all that's good to kind of get new exposure and eyes through us, because, you know, we have a very targeted and self-selected list of people who want to make a difference. But what's more impactful is you allow the person who is in the community to become the advocate for the things that they care about. And then they go off and tell their friends and family about it. Well, I think you're definitely doing that. And I think of kind of the juxtaposition of just, we all know that there's so much like haters on social media and you feel like there's so much negativity and negative energy, but like, it's going to take all of us or a lot of us at least pulling in this direction to normalize talking about things other than materialism. I mean, demonstrating this to our kids and I'm sitting here just looking at and immersing in the impact feed and it does, it gives you, it plants ideas in your head of just simple things that you can do. And just that level of awareness and seeing other people leading the way, it does f- make you feel boosted and makes you recognize that you can do small things every day. So I just, I love that you're doing that. One last yeah. thing on the platform I'd love for you to walk us through is you talk about four pillars of impact. And mm-hmm. I think these are just really strong and something that would really resonate with everybody just to give you a lens to think about how to plug in. For sure. Yeah. So part of our mission is we're redefining philanthropy. So if you think of philanthropy, it's thought to be reserved for the 0.01% of people that have their name on a building somewhere. They donated millions of dollars, right? That's what a philanthropist is thought to do. And by no means is that what it's supposed to be. Actually, if you go to the root words, the etymology of philanthropy, it's philo, which means love and anthropo, which means mankind. So philanthropy literally is a love for mankind. It's nothing beyond that. And there are four different pillars of impact that we've identified where we're educating people about, hey, you're already probably doing these things and you're already making an impact in doing those. Did you realize that? You know, and like, and when they do, then they're like, oh, wow, yeah. And I could do more probably. And I want to do more, you know? So it's it's that re-education about what it is to be a philanthropist. So, you know, we already talked about, um, so the, the time that you have to offer people. And again, within a full spectrum, it's not just volunteer hours, but it could be taking out your neighbor's trash, right? There's a full spectrum of ways to use your time same with money. It could be a million dollars. It could be $1, right? It's all, it all contributes and it all matters. We call that more giving for purpose. You know, those are the different things that you can give for purpose. The alternative, which is kind of the newer breed of it is living for purpose. And that is the two different pillars we have. There are the choices that you make, right? So do you buy consciously? Do you live sustainably? Do you choose to kind of emotionally invest in other people? You know, those are all choices and then also your profession. So are you making a difference at work? Do you have contribution through your work? Are you touching people's lives in a positive way, showing up with energy at work? And so those kind of four together, both living and giving for purpose creates this more holistic view around what modern day philanthropy should be, not just the traditional definition that has been indoctrinated into us um, because of some people that have written big checks, which is really important. Don't get me wrong. Like we need those people, but that's not accessible to everyday people. So we need to have a new standard and a new point of reference for those who want to contribute to know that what they have is meaningful. And that's what these four pillars and the full spectrum of how those pillars interface with others, you know, that is the important piece here because then people can get creative. People can recognize that, yes, they can make a difference. And then the more people we have paddling the same direction, the faster we're going to go, you know? So that's, that's what we're trying to create with uh, kind of the, the impact uprising (laughs) that we're, we're creating in our own right. 
I love that you're doing that. And I mean, we're talking philosophically about what this is, but I want people to like visually understand it, Let me just tell you, if you are having a bad day, please go to forpurpose.com and click on the impact news feed because it is an instant buoyer. I mean, I'm looking at things like, um, someone that posted, you know, in her choices and the choices pillar that she's a conscious consumer because she tries her best to buy from local farmers and businesses. There's a man who, you know, gave Christmas presents to an underprivileged family and then hand delivered them to him. You know, there's another individual who says, I recycle water bottles, cans and plastic bottles. And it's like, there are so many ways to give. And it's like, just knowing that people are consciously pouring into others, pouring into missions, it is just such a wholesome and buoying thing. So I want to pivot a little bit because you have spoken all over the place. I mean, you have this incredible podcast that has more than eight and a half million downloads. You are a TEDx speaker. I mean, talk a little bit about these these different experiences that you have, um, and, and specifically the podcast, because I think that that is so fascinating. Absolutely. No, I think there's actually a pretty logical connection between those two. And something that I talk about a lot on the podcast is because yes, in three years, I have eight and a half or more than eight million downloads. It's like, how in the heck did that happen? Right. And it's because I'm just another person sharing my perspective consistently. And what I advise people to do when they're finding their voice. And if people are like, oh, well, is it important? Like what I have to say, is that important? Are people going to find it valuable? The answer is always yes. And what I've been able to do is show up consistently sharing my perspective where people can relate to that in the way that they need to. You know, my voice has a certain frequency that is received by certain people in a certain way. So I think what I've learned around just being a content creator and also just a communicator in general is that your perspective does matter. And kind of the way that that ties back into social impact is the things you have to offer do matter as well, because you never know when that's going to hit the right person at the right time in the right way. I've listened to some and it's just so helpful and it's good. And I do agree that it's just like having a voice. We all have something that's going to connect with people. When you talk, like I, I think of myself through your lens. I mean, you mm -hmm. just, we're all trying to figure this thing out across all levels at all times. So I love that you just decided to show up in this space. Um, specifically, I would love to point out too, that you've had some amazing interviews with people that we know and love. So sometimes Brian goes a little longer form content. He's talked to Dan Pallotta. He's talked to one of our favorite Tammy Tibbetts, Susan McPherson. So there's just oh my gosh, moments when you people. have pause and you do talk about philanthropy and go deep and you're an excellent interviewer. So to check out Brian's podcast because so much to gain value wise, can we go in a little bit of a different direction, a little deeper into morning routine, because we haven't ever talked about this on the podcast. And I think that there is definitely a thread of high achievers, people who start their day with intention and Brian like podcasts on this basically. <laughs> so can we just yep. have your two minute take on what are just some mindsets to get in good habits to really maximize your productivity and just having an awesome life? Yeah. So the first thing you need to understand about personal development is that we are working off of scripts in our minds that we have inherited from our evolutionary past. So like first recognizing like we are not in control. Our subconscious controls 95% of the behavior that we do, right? So we're not in control, but how do we work with our subconscious in order to actually create the environments and results that we want in our life? So that, that's an important part. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the two different feedback mechanisms we have. The first one being more of a short-term feedback and reward cycle. The second one being a long-term feedback reward cycle. The short term is what our bodies are optimized for because that is what 
survival of the fittest adapted us or, you know, basically created in us to recognize, did this behavior, experience this reward, close the loop, boom, do it again, right? That is kind of what the short-term reward is. However, in today's society, a lot of short-term rewards are actually not what's best for us in the long-term. So we need to figure out how do we relate with creating short-term rewards around the long-term behaviors that we want to engage in, knowing that those behaviors are going to serve us. So the first thing that you've got to do in creating that is you have to decide and set the expectation. Something that is also kind of in our evolutionary history are emotions. Emotions have a very important role in society. It allows us to communicate. It allows us to express ourselves. It allows us to get the things that we need. That's what emotions do. But it's also very influential in our decision-making. And it, it creates this lens around the context in which we're making decisions. So what I recommend everyone does, not first thing in the morning when you're tired, do it midday or in the evening when you have energy, decide for yourself what do I want to do in the morning? What would an ideal morning look like for me? And if you write that out and you set time parameters around it and you commit to it, your alarm goes off in the morning. You're like, okay, this is the script I have to run. You no longer need to rely on willpower to get yourself to do it, to figure out what behavior you want to engage in. Instead, you look at your worksheet or you look at wherever you wrote it down. You say, okay, this is what I'm doing for the first half hour. This is what I'm doing next. And you would be shocked how much your brain loves to be on autopilot. Like it just does. It's its natural state. So if you give it a reason to do positive (laughs) things on autopilot, you're going to do those positive things. So that's what I do is I just make decisions. First, there's two things, make decisions in advance. So if you can, if you can help yourself to know what you want to do before you need to do it, you are so much more likely to do it. So make decisions in advance. And when you do so in advance, try and forecast the emotional states that you're going to be in so that you know how to counteract those, you know how to work through those. Because I mean, we all know like the whole snooze button, right? It's like your alarm goes off and you're super tired. And you're like, nope, not today. I'm like nodding my head because <laughs> I am the worst snoozer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so what I do is I, I put my phone in the other corner of the room and I have my alarm set to a really feel good song that I have associations with being like, yes, I want to seize the day. You can have those lined up throughout the day to make sure that your morning routine is exactly what you want it to be. And you'd be surprised how compliant you are with those decisions when you just make them. I am dying to know the answer to this question. We ask all of our guests about a moment of philanthropy that like deeply touched them. And I just have to think that you have an incredible window. You have a great life story. You must have seen a lot of this. What is the one story that's uh, kind of standing out to you? Yeah, no, there's one extremely like formative and shaping kind of moment of philanthropy that I participated in. Um, I'd say it was right after I graduated college. So I I volunteered for the Muscular Dystrophy Association summer camp, um, you know, where I was helping for a week to be a caregiver for a kid. And, you know, that's obviously their kind of like their their big week of the year. Um, So I was assigned uh, to a kid and uh, every evening, you know, during the day we had different activities and during the evenings we had different kind of community events where we'd go and do the finger painting or we do, you know, whatever it might be. Um, One of those events was karaoke. God, I'm like tearing up thinking about it. Um, it's, and it was, uh, so it was super special because at karaoke, you know, like, obviously it's something that a lot of people are afraid of because you're putting yourself out there on stage, the tensions on you, you know, it's just not a comfortable thing to do. And there was this one girl who, you know, was one of the, the kids we were working with, um, who'd put on the song, I try by Colby Calais. Oh, um, I love Colby Calais. Yep. And this, this song is just kind of about like doing your best and like being okay with who you are. And the song's like four minutes long. 
and she lip she lip sung it the entire time without moving without changing her facial expression just like scared but like standing up for herself in this moment of like i'm okay like and it just was so powerful because the like everyone is just captivated completely focused on her for these four minutes of this song and then at the end of it you know the music fades out she didn't say a word she was lip singing we were just listening to the song and she was standing there like kind of mumbling it in front of us and the song ended and everyone just erupted in applause just like absolutely erupted and i like it just showed it showed me how much good there is in humanity and how like connected we are to other people and their life's experience that it just like left a huge impression on me. And it was, it was just the, the context of all of that was really powerful. I mean, that's my most significant, I think, exposure to like true philanthropy, like the Ross form of philanthropy. Um, yeah. Which is something I'm super proud of. I, I love that story so much. So beautiful. Um, okay, Brian, I don't know how you're going to, you're actually going to be really great at zooming yeah. something down to a one minute reply. <laughs> What's your one good thing for our audience? You know, that's a habit somebody could start today or a piece of advice can't wait to hear something that I've really been embracing lately is um, the concept of do it now. So if there's a, if if you're going to do something um, or if you're supposed to do something like just do it now. Um, And specifically um, you know, one of my mentors, David Meltzer has this expression, a hundred percent of the things you do right now get done. So it's like, if you really want to (laughs) like be effective, you know, just just take the time to either do it right then or write it, write a note so that you do it later, but like acknowledge it so that things don't miss the, you know, slip through the cracks. I feel like there's, we, we work so hard to get things to like the one yard line and don't finish, you know? And if you, if you have kind of this system to build it out um, and be able to consistently do the things you want to do and complete them, then you're going to be able to kind of drive the impact embedded in whatever you're trying to do. So do it now. And hundred percent of the things you do right now get done would be my tip. <laughs> I love that advice and honestly needed to hear that this week. Let's be clear. <laughs> okay, Brian, everyone's going to want to follow you on your social channels. How can they come and connect with you, connect with for purpose, connect with your podcast, give us all the deets. Sure. Yeah. So if you want to listen to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, you just have to type in self I am and it autofills the self-improvement daily. So that's good. Um, as it relates to for purpose, it's just forpurpose.com. Uh, check out that website. And in particular, I know there's a lot of nonprofit leaders. Um, we didn't really touch on it, but we do work closely with nonprofit leaders to help them amplify their causes and provide free exposure using their community as advocates for that, using the content model I described. So if that's something um, that anyone takes an interest in learning more about, just send me an email, brian at fourpurpose.com. Well, thanks, man. This has been so enjoyable and we just love what you're doing. I love you guys. No, everything you guys are up to and doing is so pure and so needed. So I'm just super grateful for you. And hopefully this is just the beginning of many, many more uh, impactful conversations and impact that we can create together. So thank you. Thank you. Feelings mutual. Preach. Thanks for listening to today's conversation with Brian. We hope you feel inspired by the four pillars of impact, his self-improvement tips, and his one good thing to do it now. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free, and you can join today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing, if you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks, friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfort, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Thanks for being here, everyone.
Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.